Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to an August 30th Tuesday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com and the former Blazer beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. And welcome back to the podcast. Yes, it's a little late uh, of a debut for this week uh, for the podcast, which I did mention on our last podcast with Kevin Calabro, the Blazers play-by-play announcer, the new play-by-play announcer for the Trail Blazers who replaced Mike Barrett and Mike Rice, uh, who had been on the broadcast for quite a long time, had a great chat with Calabro, gave us some perspective on his days in Seattle. He was around a young Terry Stott, so he had some great, great comments about that. Gave us a little look back at the NBA back when he started covering the league. reason I was late is because instead of having a Tuesday pod instead of a Monday pod, my best friend got married this weekend, my best friend Dylan. So shout out to Dylan and, and his wife, Lulu. And uh, it was a, a whole weekend affair. I was uh, one of the groomsmen and, you know, we're out at the golf course and then having a long dinner. And it was awesome. Uh, it was extremely fun. But definitely it was a long weekend. Lots of wine was involved. Um, but it was a lot of fun getting, getting to see a lot of old friends and uh, – have a have a great occasion like that. So it was it was a lot of fun, but that's why we're we're a little late this week. But hope you guys didn't miss us too much. Uh, I know that right now it's it's still we're still in that in that little dead zone. You know, I know last week we had some news, and it was surprisingly newsworthy for August in the NBA with the Festus Azili news coming about the injection in his knee, and. That, you know, I think had us talking a little bit of Blazers probably sooner than we all thought. You know, we're getting close to football season here. You know, both Oregon and Oregon State are starting soon. The Seahawks are starting soon. So, you know, everyone's kind of focusing on that. But the Zeely conversation was kind of big. You know, his knees are really an issue. But Kevin Calabro did have a great point about Festus Azili the other day is that he thinks that, you know, Azili always kind of was, in his eyes, kind of a late-season guy that you bring in later on in the season, almost like, you know, like those older big men that are later in their career. I'm thinking P.J. Brown when he was on the Boston Celtics. Like a guy like that who, you know, may not be an 82-game player, but might be able to help you situationally in big moments. And Azili, his knees kind of have rendered him kind of like that older back end of his career type of player. And so that's what Calabro sees him as. And I think that's a really interesting look at him and probably how the Blazers should look at him and how fans should look at him. Because I think Plumlee, his durability, his ability to play at center and pass the ball, and then Myers Leonard's ability to shoot the ball. You have Ed Davis, who was, again, really durable last season as well. I think he only missed one game last season, Ed Davis did. And so you look at all those guys that can play center, and you don't really need Azili for the 82 games. What you do need him for is playoff time. And But with, with that with that Azili news, we didn't really get to one thing that did come out last week, which was 
ESPN's real plus minus win projections. Those were done by Kevin Pelton, ESPN insider, friend of the Lockdown Blazers podcast, who was a guest on the pod earlier when we were first starting back in July. And the Blazers actually came out a little bit worse in the real plus minus projections than they did in the ESPN summer forecast, which is different. The ESPN summer forecast is kind of an aggregate ranking of all of the ESPN experts and people that work there and it's a big composite ranking of what people think, but the projection, the real plus minus projection is, you know, there's a formula to it. Kevin also brings in his Shaney formula, which he used at basketball prospectus and uses, or used to use in as the projection model, but is now mixed with real plus minus. And so he's using all that data to come up with the projection. The Blazers finished seventh in that, in the real plus minus forecast that Kevin Pelton put out the other day, three spots lower than the ESPN summer forecast. But before we break that projection into better detail, uh, a word from our sponsor for the second week. Now SeatGeek. buying tickets online for sports and concerts has always been a long and it, it has been that way for a long time and it's hard to find the best deal for that game or show that you want to go to and none of those older ticket sites want to change that but SeatGeek is different and they've come along to create an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets I'm currently looking for tickets to go to an Oregon Duck game it's football season I just saw my friends this weekend when I was at the wedding and you know, we're talking about oh we gotta go to the Duck game uh, you know, we all went to Oregon so we're, we're getting excited it's a great time of the year, and I'm looking at SeatGeek for all those stuff games that I want to go to, and there's tickets for all kinds of events on there. I think Father John Misty is in Portland this weekend, and, and you can get tickets for that, and SeatGeek is the first place that I go to to look for tickets for a game or a concert. I have the app on my phone, and I just used it the other day to look at those duck tickets, and everything about SeatGeek is designed to make your life easier as a sports and music fan. It does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites, ensuring you get the best possible deal, and they do all the work while you just save time and money. Isn't that great? And SeatGeek wants you to help get the most bang for your buck, so they grade the deals based on value, 1 through 100. It's what they call their deal score, and it helps you find underpriced seats for good deals. And best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase, so to get that $20 rebate, you have to download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code, and enter promo code LOBLAZERS, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first purchase on SeatGeek. So download the SeatGeek app, enter promo code LOBLAZERS today. So back to the ESPN real plus minus projections that Kevin Pelton, friend of the pod, posted last week, and the Blazers are projected to finish 7th, which is lower than I have them. It's lower than the summer forecast had them. And it is, I think, however, in line with a lot of assumptions about the Blazers given last year's low expectations. And this isn't to say that this projection system had low expectations. Actually, last season, this projection system, the real plus minus from ESPN by Kevin Pelton, had the Blazers better than a lot of people expected them to be when they were projected by the Las Vegas, the Westgate Las Vegas to have 26 and a half wins as their over under. So this projection system has been kinder to the Blazers before than most. And I think it's a very fair projection system. And the fact that they got seventh probably 
is is probably a good sign actually because if that's their low projection then that's pretty good because they're still probably going to make the playoffs. And I guess probably the most surprising thing about the ESPN real plus minus projections that came out last week were that Houston and Oklahoma City were higher on those projections than the Blazers were. But if you're looking at the teams in a different way, say, because James Harden is going to have most people assume that James Harden is going to have a really solid year. He came up, to camp out of shape last year at the start of last season, him and Dwight Howard didn't get along. And so that obviously is going to cause problems. And then, so I I think Houston is due for a bounce back. I just don't know if they're actually going to be better than the Blazers because I still think that even though Dwight Howard and James Harden didn't get along, you know, Howard was a really good player. And I don't know if Clint Capella can do everything defensively, just by himself, essentially, that the Rockets are going to need him to do. They have Nene, who they signed, and he's he's been a pretty solid player, but again, he's definitely fallen off in production, and so it's going to be hard for them to make that up, but I guess the question really is, do they need that, and can James Harden just carry the team and put them on his back, which he has shown he can do before. And then Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook, after losing Kevin Durant, Having them ahead of the Blazers, I know Westbrook is amazing, but I just I think it's hard to do to make the team as good as they need to be to finish ahead of Portland. And I just don't know if Westbrook. I know that the expectations for Westbrook are like you know mid two thousands Kobe after Shaq left, where he's scoring thirty five points a game, but also with rebounds and assists because that's what Westbrook does. But I just don't know if he can sustain that for the entire season. And I think the Blazers have a deeper roster that more lends itself to regular season success than Oklahoma City. I just think that they have a more sustainable model, even though they did turn Serge Ibaka into a bunch of good players. And they are making good moves. They, you know, they they got rid of Deion Waiters. They're Going behind, they're going with Westbrook all the way. Enos Cantor is going to be a big part of the offense. I think Steven Adams' role is going to increase as well. But I just don't know if they can sustain that excellence. I mean, last year they were up and down for the talent that they had, and now they're considerably less talented with losing Kevin Durant. And I just don't expect them to be better than Portland, who has lost no talent and has added a couple of good players or at least, you know, rotation-level players in Evan Turner and Festus Azili, even though Azili is injured right now. I think the most interesting thing about Kevin Pelton's real plus-minus projections on ESPN Insider was that the Utah Jazz are projected to finish third in those projections, and that's about where I think the Blazers could be, is third. I think that's best-case scenario for both of those teams, and I think I've thought that Utah is the only team that has a chance to be better than Portland in that division. I still think that's true, even though Oklahoma City has the leg up over Portland in this projection. I just think that it's going to be Utah and Portland um, trying to battle for a top seed all season. So those battles are going to be great. They play four times, just like all the teams in the division do. And so uh, I think Utah and Portland is going to be a battle. And I, I think Portland... I think I don't think the regression or I, I think they're going to get better. I don't necessarily think that Portland is going to stay the same or regress. I think they're going to get better. They're all young. And I think that they're going to challenge 
for the third or fourth seed all season long. And I thought it was interesting, actually, the Clippers were fourth in the projections, which I think, you know, I, I believe in the Clippers more than the Spurs in the West next year, because I just don't know if the Spurs are going to be the same without Tim Duncan. And the Spurs and Warriors are still at the top of the West, according to this projection. But, you know, the Spurs, I'm a little bit more unsure about them than I have been in years past. They replaced Tim Duncan with Pau Gasol. They got rid of Boris Diaw. And I just don't know how that team is going to look without Duncan and also without Diaw, who was such a big part of their success the last couple of seasons. But, you know, I, I really think that if you have Lillard and McCollum and you just get a little bit of improvement defensively from the group and the Blazers have a shot at home court, I think you just combine those two things and they have a shot at home court. I don't see them slipping. And I see the Blazers really improving because when you look back at the start of their season, which is the thing that I'm focusing on the most when it comes to this Blazers team, is that they started 11 and 20. 11 and 20. I know that the West is going to be better this season than it was last season when it was beset by injuries up and down, you know, basically except for Golden State, San Antonio, and Oklahoma City. Almost every team had injuries at some point or another. The Clippers did. The Grizzlies obviously did. The Pelicans did. The the Utah Jazz did. You know, that was probably a big reason the Jazz didn't make the playoffs last year. But I think you just combine the fact that you have Lillard and McCollum and you – get a little bit of improvement. I think they're going to be a top four seed because they're not going to start 11 and 20. This is not a team that hasn't been around the block before. Now they know what it's like to try and win in this league. And they did it last year. And so I think that they are going to get off to a much better start than they did last year, last year. And I think that's going to just lead to a better finish in the West, even though the West as a whole, is going to be better. I think the Blazers will also be better. I think they're going to be a part of that gradual improvement of the West and, you know, getting back to, uh, you know, a more even West. I guess last year there was very clear tiers. And other than Golden State, I'm not sure that I see a team that's necessarily on their level. I don't consider the Spurs in a tier with Golden State. I don't consider the Clippers in a tier with Golden State. And I think that the rest of the West outside of that top team is going to be very even, very close, very bunched together and very good. And so, and I think the Blazers are going to be a part of that. And I think they're going to push for a top seed for home court. And although this real plus minus projection has them seventh, I think they're going to do much better than that. But, uh, you know, it's good to get another perspective because, you know, I, I guess the one thing that I will say about that projection that I definitely agree with is that the West is going to be better. And so that is something that the Blazers are going to have to deal with this year, where last year they were really able to take advantage of a bunch of teams that were getting worse as the season progressed, as they were improving and getting better as a young team. But I think that improvement is going to continue this season rather than stall or fall back as uh, some people think. So um, the ESPN plus minus projections though, uh, giving us great, great discussion content for this episode and a a great thing to think about. Are the Blazers going to be as good? I think they're going to be better and you know, not everyone agrees, but that's what makes it great. And uh, we'll be back later on this week with another episode of Locked On Blazers. And thank you for listening. We are continuing to grow as a network. We have almost 
30 NFL teams now. I think we're at 28, 28 NFL teams right now. And so that's awesome as we get close to the NFL season here. I think it starts in about two weeks. And so, you know, you got all the NFL content you need on the Locked On Podcast Network. We had Colin Kaepernick on the Locked On 49ers podcast uh, who, you know, obviously there's lots of news going on about him right now. Uh, and the NBA side, we're starting to heat up. We're starting to pick up a little bit. We're getting close to the start of training camp. That's about a month from now. We're going to have media days in about a month. We're going to have preseason schedules and preseason games. Uh, teams are going to be traveling the world uh, for preseason, but and all that stuff is going to make us is going to take us a little bit closer to the start of the NBA season, which I know. You're all excited about talking about these win projections. Gets me excited about the NBA season coming up. So uh, I can't wait to talk about more kind of tangible things like these win projections and, and things regarding the team as we move forward here, as we get closer to October and get closer to that training camp, which I'm very excited about. And I'm sure you are as well. So uh, come back later on in the week for another episode of Locked On Blazers. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, and we will talk to you later this week.